This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Welcome uh, to uh, Pat and Stride. Just hang on, I'm going to turn something down here. Okay. Uh, It probably seems strange to reach into my pocket as I'm saying I'm going to turn something down, doesn't it? Yeah, you're Uh, turning us up. uh, There was nothing nefarious (laughs) going on there. Um, Here's, uh, we we were just talking about about the announcement, which we like a lot, the announcement from Trump that he's going to have a phenomenal tax package come out uh, in the next two to three weeks that cuts taxes. And he said, it's going to be phenomenal in terms of tax. And we... (laughs) What's your problem with that? We've been trying to decipher (laughs) what that means exactly. Phenomenal in terms of tax. He just... (laughs) These are just, it's like words uh, that are in the area. You know? Like, I don't know. Like, it's like when you play basketball, sometimes, you know, you're getting fouled or something. You just kind of throw it towards the rim. Mm-hmm. He throws it towards the topic. It's like yeah. the, the word tax could it's, easily have been in that sentence, just not yes. there. Yes. But why can't you put the right words together in the right order? You're the president of the, of the often. United States. You went to an Ivy League school. Yeah. Why can't he do that on a regular basis? Like, I was thinking, if you look at what he said, it's going to be a phenomenal tax package in terms of rate, in tax terms rate, of cuts, tax cut, in, in terms of anything. In terms but of, in terms of tax makes no sense. <laughs> and this, I mean, and look, everyone has those moments, right? Everyone has those moments where you blurt out the wrong thing. Every mm-hmm. time Jeffy has one, we make sure to make a huge deal about it. <laughs> You know, it's one of those things. Every single human being on earth has those moments where the sentence doesn't come out right. He it just, just has them all so day, often. every day. I mean, it happened with Bush day. as well. Bush had those issues. Not nearly as bad as Trump has them, but Trump no. has them. I mean, so regularly. It's going to be phenomenal uh, in terms of. Uh, in terms. Uh, it's going to be a phenomenal package. In, in terms. Phenomenal in terms of uh, of tax. 
<laughs> yeah, I, what? Could, I could see him saying that. Absolutely. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But I think that's a stretch. Uh, it might be a stretch. With Bush. I mean, because yeah. he, he would he definitely mangled the language occasionally. He but, did. Uh, it was not it was always a bigger deal by the media than uh, you know, than it was in real life. Where with Trump, it's, it's so. almost every time he speaks, he does this. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's in his head at this point or He's just lived in an environment for so long that no one points any of this stuff no out to him. That, mm-hmm. like, you know, no, Don, 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 Don. What do you mean in terms of in terms of tax? What does that even <laughs> what do you mean phenomenal in terms about? of tax? It means you're raising the taxes. I mean, it what is does that mean? seriously like a cornered beauty pageant contestant. Like when they get, uh, hey, yes. what do you feel yeah. about Darfur? Yeah. Um, well, in terms of people. And children. Uh, and children. And the Iraq. And the, and the uh, Afghanistan. And, uh, and, and everything in such U.S. As, Americans. Uh, yeah, it's really that. It is that. And it's a big, and like, I think when Every you look, day. if you could have him <laughs> stop, stuff. and I, you know, this is the problem. I was going to say this, jeez. I was going to say, if you had him stop and think for a moment and then like write a sentence, it would probably be fine. But in reality, he, that's what he does with Twitter, and it's not fine at all there either. No, right? it's not. He yeah. doesn't seem to even know. What, what words should come in what order? And this is, look, if he's a good president, I don't care. He can, he, honestly, he can start blabbing in another language. He could start <laughs> speaking in wingdings. I don't care what the hell he does. If he gives us good Supreme Court justice and good tax package and doesn't right. do this trade stuff he's promised, I'm right. going to be happy. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I, it's, gonna be, it's so strange to see, especially because here's a guy who's, um, uh, generally speaking, and this is general, uh, generally speaking, his persona has been controlled. He's done a lot of you know interviews with Playboy and, and media sources where his quotes are you know he's saying them, but they're probably being cleaned up if there's problems with them. Then on The Apprentice, absolutely right. Like he, mm-hmm. if he says something in The Apprentice and it doesn't work, and he says in terms of tax, they just don't air it, <laughs> right? <laughs> like yeah. you know, now he's at the position where everything he says is on television. Every every offhanded comment about any given topic is out there for everyone to dissect, and it's just. It's so weird. It's off-putting. It has nothing to do with his mm-hmm. presidency, I understand. Although, having a, a strong communication, uh, a, an ability to communicate is, is important and helps. But, I mean, if he can get all this stuff done, and he can honestly speak in fragments for the rest of his life. I don't care. It's just weird to watch in real life. Yeah, uh, And now the last two it Republican is. presidents, neither one of them has been particularly good at speaking, which is, uh, you know, it would be nice. Reagan was fantastic. You know, oh, man. H.W. was not particularly good, good at that. Um, George W. was really bad at it. I mean, I mean, W.'s speeches were far worse than his presidency. Um, and then Trump is really, really, really bad at it. We're going the wrong direction here. I mean, you wish you'd go back to Reagan. Because, like, mm-hmm. our, for example, Romney, uh, while, uh, you know, I didn't love all of his policies, uh, was smooth, but... He was well-spoken. He was very well-spoken, but stilted in, in a yeah, little... A yeah. little you know, not he wasn't. He didn't have a good connection. He's not, he wasn't dynamic necessarily. Yeah. And and Cruz was the same, the same way. way. Same way. Not dynamic. Uh, not dynamic, but speaker. but well spoken. Yeah. Where Trump, I think, is dynamic. He, he does have a connection with people, which might be very uh-huh. very well might be more important these days. But he just doesn't. He doesn't have a good balance. I'd rather have a little bit less connection with people, a little bit more uh, speaky languagey. You know, I like that thing to kind of work in its way in a little. Well, bit. in terms of in terms of tax speech, in terms of talk, in terms of in terms talk. of talk, I would like it to be better. <laughs> yes, uh, but, yes, uh, it's 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 rough. Oh, it does man. not. I, it, he does speak occasionally. I mean, forget the accent for a minute. 
if someone talked to you like that, you would think it was not their first language. <laughs> like, he's in the you area. Yes. Yeah. You kind of get what he's saying. Yeah. But it's not like he's actually saying it in the proper language. It's, right. it, it's like when you get uh, a feedback on uh, Facebook and the, the language is a little out of order and a little screwed up yeah. and bad syntax. And you think, okay, that's some Russian douche. Uh, you almost think that yeah. with Trump yeah. sometimes. Yeah, it's like it's a Nigerian it's like, okay, scam. This is a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is a Nigerian prince guy. I, well, I remember taking French back in the day, and I was very a very bad student. I took five years of French, um, and I don't remember really? anything. I mean, yes. Yeah. I, I seriously I took, like, I took four. And uh, yeah, I took. So I you took got into conjugating grade. verbs and all that stuff. I don't know what I did. That's when it gets really hard. I can't remember anything. <laughs> the only thing I can remember is "Est-ce que je peux aller au double WC," which means "Can I go to the bathroom?" Now, it does not actually literally translate, however, to no, can I go not. to the bathroom. It's can I go to the water closet or may I go to the water closet? Mm -hmm. Because for whatever reason, they, they do right. say water closet. Um, it's like qu'est-ce que c'est. That means what is it that it is. Right, which is, again, like, so, but when, so to a French person, if I were to say, if just translate directly, mm -hmm. if I were to say, can I go to the bathroom, they would, it, would, it might sound weird. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing that happens here. Um, they, someone who comes over knows the language in some way and then comes over here and tries to say something to us and it just sounds weird because that's not how you actually say it. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens with the Nigerian email scams. Like, they're not speaking the language. And so you can tell. And it's like that with Trump. Like, if he had Melania's accent, it, it would actually be more understandable. <laughs> like, Melania seems to know the language better than he does, which is really amazing. Again, I don't care. It has nothing to do with his presidency. I'm not criticizing his policies here or anything. It's just an amazing thing to watch. It's very strange. He seems to get lost in his own thoughts. And part of the reason why, and I think you know, he's, people have talked about this before, he is, has a real tough time kind of looking inward and reflecting and staying in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, he likes to always be moving forward and go, 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 go. And I think like, that's his mind. He just is constantly thinking through, yeah. you know, the next, what, what am I going to yeah. say next instead of finishing what he says now? He might be super ADHD or yeah. something. And because he does tend to wander in his speech pattern. So I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Mm, amazing. Uh, 888727 back. Jeff Sessions has been confirmed attorney general. Uh, you probably know that by now. Um, There's good things and bad things about this one, I think. Is Tillerson confirmed already? Yeah, Tillerson's in. So we have Tillerson, we have uh, Sessions. All done. Uh, we have the education secretary. Yeah, Price is a Tom Price, the HHS guy, is supposed to come up either tonight or tomorrow morning. So, so it's I mean, moving it's along. It's moving along, but slowly. Slower than uh, most recent presidents. They, mm -hmm. The Democrats have done a lot to try to stop these people. Um, and, you know, they've been unsuccessful in every single attempt. Uh, but they, they are doing their best to slow this down. Now, part of that is, I think, that when they're done with these nominees, things like the tax proposal may very well be coming. So they want to delay that as long as possible and hope that something changes that uh, changes Trump's mind or changes the mood of the country so he doesn't even attempt it. I think they're just trying to push it down the road as long as possible and get it to 2018 because they know in 2018 they will at least have a chance uh, to do something about the balance of power. Now, it looks terrible for the Democrats in 2018. Almost all the seats are Democratic seats. Uh, there's a real good chance that the uh, Republicans will expand their lead if there isn't a disaster in the next two years. So we will see what happens with that. But they're just looking for anything to stop this because uh, they, they, don't, they do not like where this is going. Though I heard a Democrat on, on the air today talking about the Senate and saying, look, once, once we get past these nominees, we're going to go after a, uh, an infrastructure package. We're going to go after maternity leave. We're going to go after a bunch of different things that are uh, kind of the more liberal things that, that Trump promised during the campaign. 
and we'll see if they can get those done. I think the more they act like a-holes to him personally, the less likely they're going to get that stuff. So please mm-hmm. continue being a-holes uh, as much as possible. I, re- I really do hope they do because uh, too. it's a... That won't pay off for him. No, it won't. Not and with this guy. No. He's got, he's the, you know, he, I think he would rather lose a policy he promised in the campaign than reward a Democrat who's been propo- you know, opposing him for no reason. Yeah. Or at least in his I eyes. I think that's no, accurate. No, no reason. I think that's accurate. Uh, um, meanwhile, Gorsuch uh, apparently um, criticized... Donald Trump's remarks about um, uh, about the judge uh, in the uh, uh, what case was that? It was the it's it was the, the immigra- all, immigration one, right? Yes, yeah. and all he was saying really was that uh, he, he said the so-called the so-called judge. judge. Yeah, that's something we need to get I mean, into. It's today. not that big a deal, right really. It's really not really not that big a deal. Yeah. I mean, he has said far worse about people than that. Yeah, and, and this is the way. Again, he talks. We're just this referring the to them as so-called. So yeah. what? He's saying I don't agree with that decision. That's it. Period. Yeah. Um, if you want to do the seriously, literally game, uh, seriously, what he's saying is uh, that decision. I, I think was BS. In terms of judge. In, in terms of judge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course. Right? In terms of judge. Right. right. Um, so. Uh, so <laughs> In terms of judge. So in terms of judge, uh, he is he's critical of this. Uh-huh. And I heard this, uh, you know, a couple of people talking today, you know, commentators like this is unprecedented. This is a, uh, a, a real crisis in the separation of powers. Oh, shut what? up. The president can't be critical of a, ju- a decision. That's one of the most important things you do as a president is you're going to support you're going to support just judges that are going to disagree with other uh, long-held opinions. Barack Obama criticized the Supreme Court during the State of the Union address yeah, to their faces. Right in front of the Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, and uh, about Citizens on. United, every Democrat you has criticized that You talk about unprecedented. That, that was unprecedented. Um, you know, Republicans have criticized, obviously, Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Uh, the Kelo and uh, eminent domain case, to name just a couple of recent you know, examples over the past half century. But it's happened in our entire history. Um, and to sit here and say that he can't call them a so-called judge. Now, I thought his 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 uh, criticism of the judge, where he basically said, "Well, he's he's of Mexican descent, so he can't make a decision on me." Oh, that was bad. I, I thought that was a, a a wrong-headed criticism. However, not a violation of the separation of no, powers. No, of course not. But it's it just was, him being it was just wrong. Stupid, right? This yeah. one is like I, you know, I think. There's a good argument to be made that politics were a big part of this discussion with this judge. He's saying, you know, this decision was so bad, the person shouldn't barely even be a judge. He's not saying, well, what I think is that the judicial branch should be removed from our government. He's not saying that. He's saying this one judge made a decision he didn't like. Relax. It's not a, it's not a mm. big issue of separation of powers. He's not attacking this person in any meaningful way. Certainly nothing more than he said about Glenn Beck or any other number of Oh, private, not nearly as much as he said about Glenn. Right, any other number of private uh, individuals. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that big a deal, to be perfectly honest. And, and the, and really the, not. The, uh, the media wants to make it into this thing where he's, every single thing the guy does is like, mm. you know, uh, some violation of the Constitution. It's not. I mean, uh, him criticizing a judge is not a, a violation of anything. Uh, in fact, very clearly... Uh, people want you know, our founders wanted people to be able to criticize whoever they felt like. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not he's not he didn't he's not saying I'm going to um, no longer follow judicial decisions. That's a crisis of the Constitution. You know, if they rule against this and he says I'm doing it anyway, 
then you're going to get into a crisis of the Constitution. And I don't mean to put that idea in his head. You can't do that, Don. Trust me. Don't please don't try it. Um, but I mean, you could see something like that happening, and then you'd have a constitutional crisis with some president. I mean, we've seen that with uh, Obama in some ways. But the, the issue of him being critical of a judge, that's not a separation of powers issue. No. They can be critical of him, too. Most justices don't do those things. But, uh, I mean, listen to the, listen to the oral arguments um, uh, the other day. They were very critical. Uh, uh, Ginsburg Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Did. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Did, and yeah. later apologized for it, but she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Trump uh, said on Twitter Thursday morning that Richard Blumenthal misrepresented the remarks made by uh, Supreme Court nominee Judge Neil Gorsuch. Gorsuch had said that uh, that his comments about that Trump's comments about the judge we're just talking about were disheartening and demoralizing. Well, he actually did say that. And Blumenthal did not misrepresent that. But uh, Trump wrote, Senator Richard Blumenthal, who never fought in Vietnam when he said for years he had, major lie, now misrepresents what uh, Judge Gorsuch told him. Apparently that's not the case. Although there's disagreement on it. Is there? Yeah. Is there from, because his spokesman His spokesman did say it. it. Yep, confirmed it. Kelly Ayotte, I believe, was the one who tweeted or, 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 or had a statement today that basically said he was very specific that he was not talking about any specific cases, but he considered any criticism of the judiciary to be disheartening. Now, obviously, the case they're talking about is Trump, but he did not actually say, apparently, Trump... Trump's comments, his tweets were disheartening. Oh, he said, okay. criticism of the judiciary in any way is, is disheartening. Um, and, and what was the other word? Disconcerting or... Uh, demoralizing. Demoralizing. But again, like, being... De- you don't... I don't think there's anything in the Constitution that, de- that protects you from being demoralized. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Sometimes there, that happens. There isn't. No. Uh, sometimes or disheartened. Happens. Or disheartened. Yeah, you, uh, can, you can be both those things. Again, that's not crit- That's very mild criticism. Stupid. Yeah. If it is criticism at all from Gorsuch, um, and hopefully this does not piss Trump off. It, it seems like Trump understands what happened here. Hopefully, um, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you could see him flying off the handle. The bigger deal is, and, and it should be made into a bigger deal, is Richard Blumenthal lying about his Vietnam service. That's what I like more people to talk about. Because yeah. that's incredible to me. Well, yeah. That's it, amazing. It was a big, and it was kind of a big deal at the campaign, in the campaign at the time. Um, it was something we, uh, we talked about it back then. That's crazy. Because Blumenthal's really bad. He got into a, 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 really? a big fight on TV with Glenn at one yes. point. Was that Fox, I think it was? I think it was Fox. I think so, yeah. Um, and it was a kind of sort of a big deal for a couple of weeks, uh, in which they they really had a battle. Um, and you know, and that was when Blumenthal was going to try to run for. It was, I think he was still was he Attorney General before this of okay. Connecticut? I don't know. Before he ran for Senate, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a real major disagreement on the air back in the day. Go watch the video; it's entertaining. Um, but you know, so Blumenthal is obviously attempting to get this to uh, to look as bad as possible for Trump. Um, and it looks like the Republicans are saying, well, he, he said that generally, obvi- I mean, I think everyone knows there's probably part of it. He was probably being asked specifically about the, tr- the Trump thing. And he said, I mean, because even Blumenthal's statement says after a little back and forth, he said it was disheartening. Well, the back and forth apparently was him saying, well, I'm not talking about any specific cases here. I'm not talking about any specifics, but I, you know, any criticism of the judiciary is disheartening and demoralizing. I mean, <laughs> like the judiciary should never be right. criticized. Which is, Come again, on. a BS standard. When did that begin? Is that constitutional as well? <laughs> I don't know. No one shall ever say anything bad, uh, a negative comment about the judiciary. I right. remember well, seeing and, that. And I think to defend Gorsuch here. He's not here, saying that, right? Right. He's saying, what he's saying is it was demoralizing. He's not saying it was illegal. 
He was saying it was the worst thing in the world that could ever be done. He just said, like oh, look, it. I was a little disheartened. I don't like my, my, my co-workers being criticized, uh-huh. but, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. I think that's, an, that's a fair thing. Like, if, if someone were to say, attack uh, Pat... Um, I, would you I, be disheartened? I would, I would be like, oh, don't bust on Pat. He's a good guy. You know, obviously the opposite. If someone said something about Jeffy, I would say. I, I say any Jeffy. criticism of talk show hosts is disheartening and demoralizing. <laughs> really? So even yeah. ones you don't like or agree with? Yes. Wow. Well, no. Okay. So there's some. Because <laughs> I think you've disheartened uh, yourself a few times this last year. <laughs> you weren't supposed to remember that. Because... <laughs> Because that is from a while ago. Yeah, and I will say this, uh, just, just, just to be clear, Jeffy hosts a talk show on Blaze Radio Network. So anytime you're critical oh, okay, of Jeffy, yeah, but you'd be all criticism, any, any time we criticize criticism, you have to exclude Jeffy's criticism from that. Yeah. You know I what I mean? That's true. I think yeah. that's true. In terms of, of, terms of Jeffy. In terms of, in terms of. In terms of Fatso. Yes, okay, now I understand. Uh, <laughs> so okay. I, I think Amenia, again, is all up in arms over this, uh, and it's really not that big of a deal. Uh, you know, I'm happy he's at least listening to the courts at this point. Because <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Like, if let's just say this all comes out, goes all the way to the Supreme Court, and they shoot it down and say he could not do this. Like, the typical politician thing to do would be like, wow, that is a, that's the wrong decision, and I'm very upset about it, but the court has spoken, right? Mm-hmm. An aggressive politician might say, well, you know what? Uh, I don't, you know, if they do that, I'm going to pass something that's a little bit different. We're going to run it right back out of the, up the system again because I think it's that important. Right. Trump might just say, eh, I, I, yeah, screw them. We're just going to do it anyway. Stop yeah. us. And how do you stop him? I mean, he's the president of the United States. Uh, he, they could have ruling after ruling after ruling. Hold him in contempt all you want. He might just keep doing it. It's going to be interesting to see if anything like that develops. No, I, I, I would not be surprised if it did. And that's scary. because that, Well, you've got a constitutional, constitutional crisis, crisis then. Then you have a crisis. So we'll see. Yeah. In, in terms of... In terms, in ter- of, in terms of... The words. Constitution. In so, terms of constitutionality. In terms of documents. Yeah. In terms, in of, terms of founding docu- documents. In, in terms of cursive. <laughs> in terms of self-reliance, um, we've recommended for a really good long time now. In terms of food. Uh, in terms of food and self-reliance and in terms of preparedness. My Patriot Supply, uh, really good food at a really good price. And it lasts for a really long time, like 25 years. Yeah, 25 years. I mean, you might say, well, uh, okay, got some food. It's going to last for 25 years. That's great. But think about it in this this in terms of <laughs> yes think about it in terms of mm-hmm. brain for a in moment. terms of brain in terms of brain okay uh it's gonna be off off your plate it's gonna be off you're not gonna be thinking about it anymore you got you're gonna take care of 25 years of concerns here with 199 purchase it's awesome um and that is what i really like you know because insurance can run obviously hundreds of dollars a month mm-hmm. month maybe thousands um you know for food you get one ninety-nine dollar purchase. You don't have to think about it. You just have to think. You, know, you put it in a place in, the, in a in a closet in a in a pantry somewhere, and you don't have to think about it for twenty-five years. Yet you know you have it if you need it. And what I love about these deals is you can get kind of creative with them. If you've got a family of four, and you buy the the four weeks supply for ninety-nine bucks, that's uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for your family of four. For a week yeah. each. Each person gets a week's worth of food, which gets you through almost everything that comes up. Yeah, because true. by then FEMA's in the area, right? And, oh, yeah. and you can you can I'll depend on them. In terms of the government and maybe rely on them to be to be around at that time. 
it, at least in the disasters oh, I mean, we know of, that's been the case or here in America. Or at least, you know, the stores might open, uh, you know, and, stores and you'll might be open. able to go buy stuff again. And, yes. and maybe the food chain kicks itself back into gear. Yeah. You need to have a basic protection, though. And you can do that with My Patriot Supply really easily for 99 bucks. 888-411-5290 is the number. Or preparewiththeblaze.com. It's 888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com. Um... Let me say something here in terms of speak uh, mm-hmm. that uh, I know is going to piss some people off. It might piss you off, but you're big boys and girls, and I also don't care. Mm. So uh, mm-hmm. that, that's all out front. All okay. right. I think it's patently obvious that Donald Trump doesn't know how to do at least half of this job. Uh, there are things he does know how to do. He does know how to negotiate. He does know how he does. There are, there are parts of this job he does know how to do. He doesn't know how to do half of his jobs in terms of. In terms of work. Okay. I think it's. <laughs> and, the, and look, I, that is not even necessarily a criticism of him per se. We knew what we were getting when the guy was elected. Everyone who voted for him knew. He obviously didn't know the details of the stuff. You need to have a team around you, though, that's, gonna, that's going to, I don't know, make sure you're briefed in the right way so you know what you're talking about in these big moments. Which is what we were moments. told would be the bonus with Donald Trump, right? Right. He's got, he's got all these great people around him. This comes from Reuters. In his first call as president with Russian leader Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump denounced a treaty that caps U.S. and Russian deployment of nuclear warheads as a bad deal for the United States. In terms of the nuclear? In terms of the nuclear. Not in terms of the cyber. Okay. In terms of the nuclear. This is according to two U.S. officials and one former U.S. official with knowledge of the call. Uh When Putin raised the possibility of extending the 2010 treaty known as New START, remember this was talked about during the campaign, Mm -hmm. Trump paused to ask his aides in an aside what the treaty was. Trump then told Putin... The treaty was one of several bad deals negotiated by the Obama administration, saying that the new, saying that New Start favored Russia. Trump also talked about his own popularity. The source <laughs> the White House declined to comment. Of course, um, it has not been previously reported that Trump had conveyed his doubt about New Start to Putin in the half hour long in the hour long call. New Start gives both countries until February 2018 to reduce their deployed strategic nuclear warheads to no more than 1,550, the lowest level in decades. It also limits deployed land and submarine-based missiles and nuclear-capable bombers. During, during a debate in the 2016 presidential election, Trump said Russia had outsmarted the United States with the treaty, which he called Start Up. <laughs> That's not the name of it. <laughs> he asserted incorrectly that it allowed Russia to continue to produce nuclear warheads. Was he thinking of the Rolling Stones song, Start Me Up? No, Start maybe. Me up. He might have been thinking of that. In terms of In terms notes? of notes or songs, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, continue to produce nuclear warheads when the United States did not. So Trump thought during the campaign mm-hmm. that it was something that la- uh, uh, screwed us and we couldn't have any new nuclear weapons. Well, but- Startup did. First of all, well, so startup I don't know what may- the hell you're talking about, but Startup did. That's a good point. <laughs> okay. Um, so that he thought it meant Russia could keep building them and we can't. Okay. The truth is we could, it, it supposedly says that, and you never know if you're going to believe Russia in these things, but that we're both limited at the same amount. Okay. That's what the treaty says. But, but I don't necessarily, it doesn't even bother me all that much. He didn't know in a debate what this thing was. Although, you know, it should start is it stands for the strategic arms reduction treaty. That's why it's called start. So to put up 
after it shows you don't know <laughs> anything about what START is. Oh, it's a reduction treaty up. <laughs> I mean, I don't the know. The Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty up. Up. Maybe he meant it in terms, in of, terms like, of word up. Making sense. <laughs> it, uh, Start up. You know, he's just like, he's just slang. Yo. Yo. I, uh, it's possible. Maybe. Um, but the fact that he did not know mm. what it was when he was doing a call with Vladimir Putin Amazing. is really That's, bad. I mean, it, it's really bad. Not it knowing is. it in a debate. That's Look, really the guy bad. comes from a different world. He's now president and he knows this call. It's it not like have... Vlad just called him on a cell. Right, he knows wasn't... the call's coming up. Why wasn't he briefed or Thank why didn't you. he accept the briefing right. to be able to speak at some, not an unbelievable detail, but in general, like, how are you saying, wait a minute, hold on, let me check it, what that thing is, that word that you just sure. used. What is it? I mean, that's not... It's one uh, thing saying, I, I have, I'm going to have to check, get back to you on the details of that treaty. Yeah, like, but. what he should say there, right, is... Uh, look, uh, you know, I'm very interested in talking to you and discussing it. There's some details of that plan that I think are we're reviewing all review. of our treaties. Yes, um, thank you. Reviewing all of our treaties, and I would definitely like to get back with you on that. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to go. Uh, it's, if, you know, but his re reflex action when someone mentions an agreement is to say it's a bad deal if someone else negotiated it. Mm -hmm. And his premise for that action is I'm better than everyone else. Therefore, if I negotiated it, it would be better. He doesn't even know what it is. He doesn't even know what the topic is. He just assumes he could out-negotiate everyone, which, okay, maybe he can. But, I mean, when you're going onto a call with, a, with another world leader, you need to at least be prepared with the basic topics that might come up. And New Start is an obvious one. It's frightening. Yeah, I mean, it's frightening. Yeah. 888-727-BECK. More Pat and Stu coming up in a sec. It's frightening in terms of... In terms, terms of, of fear. fear. In terms of fear. Yeah. Hi and uh, welcome. It's Pat and Stu, Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Back. This story drives me out of my mind. Principal at a pro progressive uh, Manhattan private school told parents in an email last week that the Trump presidency is more troubling than Vietnam, the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., Watergate, and September Eleventh. But other than that, other than that, that, it's not, not that troubling at all. No. More troubling than any of those things. I mean, if you're a parent at that school, don't you want this guy gone? Like his judgment is obviously so bad that you don't want him around your kids. Though, I mean, I, you have the right to say these things. You just don't have the right to say them around my kids. Especially when I'm paying you $46,000 a year. Tuition. Holy that's, crap. That is that's, a lot. that's like Harvard. That's a Harvard education. Yes. 46,000 a year. Good gosh. 46,000 to send your kid to a private school. Wow, that's a lot of money. Oof. <laughs> I like this. Elsewhere in the lengthy letter, uh, he acknowledged the theoretical need to avoid political bias in a school environment. One in my position must be scrupulous in avoiding partisanship. Wait, what? <laughs> what? In terms then of... how do you call the Trump presidency the most troubling thing uh, virtually of all time? There are matters that transcend uh -huh. political diversity, oh Pat. I see. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's Jeez, obviously amazing. Man. Though, if, I mean, if you're, you have a really easy recourse there, which is uh, I mean, not, not easy, I guess, but uh, don't give them $46,000 to do yeah, that that's, school. that's exactly but, right. I, that is, you're right. I mean... You wonder if you could ever put yourself, get yourself into a position in which the um, principal of a school 
that you set your kids to was saying things like that, especially if you did it by choice. This is not a public school where the person's nuts. This is a right. private school you're actually paying for, and probably and 95% of the people who went there actually were fine with that analysis. Right? I mean, like, <laughs> that's probably yeah, even probably in New York. Were. I mean, it was probably, yeah, you're probably right. Probably right. So they you're probably, probably got like right. two complaints. Yeah, jeez. They I must thought, have gotten some. Uh, it's, look, it's new. yes, yes, 9 11, and sure, uh, Watergate, and yes, uh, Vietnam, uh, Vietnam, of course, where 56,000 yes, right. American troops died. Right, but yeah. But not but MLK. Not MLK. That's, <laughs> that's much worse. Well, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, I, I was not, I will tell you this, we did not charge enough for tuition at my school. Uh, well, right? That's another little lesson what are you, I learned. 40,000, right? 40, well, about 38,500. 38,500. So. 38,5 for all the kids combined. <laughs> I'm not even sure it would have added up that to that all combined. Yeah, no, it's a private school can be. Uh, yeah, it can be pricey, pricey. tad pricey, pricey, a little, pricey. Pricey. A little yes, pricey. It can. You know, and it, and there's a school in the area that uh, is is pretty big, and it costs I think 15, and I thought that was a lot. 40. And that's a, I mean that's a 000. common. A common private school price, right? Between about yeah. like fifteen thousand a year, nine and fourteen. Now, that is not a common public school price or pu- private school price in Manhattan. Uh, it is uh, that. Right, you, right, you know, right, right, right. I mean, in Manhattan, you're, I mean, it's probably thirty thousand is the cheapest one, right? I mean, uh, down probably, here, yeah. you can definitely do much yeah. less than uh, than forty six thousand or even thirty thousand. Yeah. Uh, oh, t- yeah. You know, ten, fifteen thousand for per student is probably around. Uh, I mean, I think there's some that are more expensive than that. I know several there there are. They can, you can get into these price ranges with the only the very top level schools. Um, and then, you know, but the average private school, which is still, of course, better than the public school by a large margin, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you $10,000, $15,000 a year probably. I mean, that's, uh, and that's still a lot of cash. I that's mean, a lot. I mean, that used to be. Especially if you have more than one kid. Yeah. They can know. start adding up pretty fast. Okay, it sure can. Yes, it can. Uh, <laughs> all right. Triple eight seven two seven back. Apparently, um, uh, Israel is now indestructible because Chuck Norris is on their side. Chuck Norris <laughs> is a supporter. Uh, and uh, in a funny interaction um, that will probably piss off a lot of people, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declared Israel indestructible after meeting with uh, film star Chuck Norris. Yeah, uh, listen, Israel is strong, but it's indestructible now. Uh, I think we can tell our security team to leave. We don't need them anymore. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. I was like, who's that going to piss off? Probably somebody. Probably somebody out there that'll get pissed off off by somebody. Uh, It's it's infuriating. Um, uh, Single mother uh, Kiar Harris uh, started researching homeschooling last November. Says her two elementary school aged children weren't excelling at their failing Buffalo public schools. Harris said she filed documents at Buffalo City Hall following all the steps, informing the district that her of her intent to homeschool her children, according to documents she provided to Eyewitness News in Buffalo. Uh, they're dated December 7th, and the district says it received her paperwork. Things turned into a little bit of a turn. A bit of a turn. Uh, when uh, a week later, the Child Protective Services showed up, uh, wondering why her kids were skipping school all the time. Um, thinking everything was fine, Harris said she went on with her homeschooling, but then less than a month later, she was confronted again by CPS workers. She says they told her they had a court order to take her children, and when she told them no, she was arrested for obstruction. Oh, jeez, I hate this kind of stuff. I, I, I do she hasn't seen her kids now oh in three gosh. weeks, and they've been in a foster institution. Why? Because she homeschooled them. And, and she actually put the paperwork in. Uh, Which and again, she you put in the paperwork. Should you have to put paperwork no, in? No, you shouldn't. Probably not, no. right? I mean, I no. can understand, like, the idea of, 
wanting to at least confirm they're getting some sort of education, I guess. You know, like, for example, like, I guess. Yeah, uh, but whose business is that? Thank uh, you. I mean, I'm the parents, right? You know, yeah, you're, you're the parents, so. I barely, I barely like the idea of the, hi, we're from the government to check on you to make sure that you're schooling your oh, kids. Oh, I don't like that idea. And I mean, I'm they don't barely do that. Okay They don't do that here. That. Yeah, because I mean. It, I'm let, not okay with let's that. Let's just say. It's none of your business. So would you say it's okay? I mean, again, I'm taking this to the liberal extreme here. I recognize this before the premise. But would you say it's okay for a parent, you make the decision, Pat, you have a kid, you decide, never going to teach him anything. It's going to keep him home. So? Is it so? I mean, I might be so. I've never thought this out before, but... Is it so, or is there a, a role for the government to say, wait a minute, no, you gotta, they got to go to school in some way. If you want to teach them at home, that's fine, but you can't just like keep them home and let them you know, watch TV all day. Well, I mean, wouldn't that be a neglectful? It would be neglectful, but in most circumstances, the state would never know that because they don't come and check on you. So you could do that. If you're a homeschooler, theoretically, you could do, could theoretically, do, it. You, wouldn't do it. you could do Obviously. that. You just hopefully wouldn't if you're a, any kind of a decent parent. Um, I know that in some states we've lived, like I think it was Maryland, uh, we had to take our work to the school board, the state school board or whatever, and show them, them what we did during the year, and oh they would review gosh. it. Oh. And then in Connecticut, uh, I think we had to turn in something there too. But in Utah and Texas and uh, where else have we lived, wherever else we've been, um, they leave you alone completely. It's just so because I mean theoretically, like if we moved, uh, I moved my family to Maryland tomorrow and just moved in and didn't tell them I had kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, would they even know? I mean, I, I don't think they would. Well, they, I guess it, there's some. I don't, you I don't, probably in, in a state like that, you would taxes and you would get you would have nosy neighbors wondering. I've seen kids over there. Oh, Why God, that would happen. Yeah. That yeah. would happen. And they would report it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In then, Connecticut, we had neighbors call. The, Really? Yeah. yeah. Police showed up at, at the door when I was at work, and Jackie answered the door, and it's a police officer because they saw the kids outside, and they were on a break during homeschool. And uh, First of all, so the the neighbors called the freaking police on my wife. And said they're not to bring their kids to school. Yeah, yeah. And so they showed up, and Jackie, and, and Jackie answered the door, and the kids are, you know, doing school inside, and he took a look inside, and he said, you're homeschoolers, aren't you? She said, yes. Okay, sorry, ma'am, to bother you, and he left. So it turned out no big deal, but yeah, I think somebody would probably somebody would narc on yeah, you, absolutely, man. Absolutely, narc on you. That's interesting, though. I mean, because I don't know what I honestly, because I obviously want to educate my children. Um, I, I don't. I've never really put any thought into this, but like, is it required? No. Like, is to there, is educate them? Yeah. Is there an? Is no, it, I, I don't mean, think so. I, obviously, in some states it is, but is there? Yeah. Is it? Is there a? Federal? There's not a in, federal No. And in Texas, I don't think you'd be hassled at all. No. I don't think what, you would be. Because right, when it comes down to it, the, the point is is that if you wanted to, um, you know, get a job, uh, get your, say, get your high school diploma, go to college or whatever, you have to fill out, uh, you know, the proper paperwork. So without any kind of, any kind of schooling... It's not going to happen. Well, without oh, no. any kind of schooling, your kids aren't going to get into right. nowhere. further education, that's nowhere. for sure. So if you don't school them at all, they're not going to go very far in life. That would be a really horrible thing to do to your kids. Um, 
Uh, and mm-hmm. maybe if somebody reported you, CPS would do something about it. Because there's know. obviously truancy laws, right? And, yes. And, and, and regulations that require uh-huh. kids to go to school. In some, I know in some states it's definitely true. I'm wondering if it's, it's not really a federal thing, though, right? No, and, it's again, not. No, it's I am, uh, I'm fine with the states doing it, obviously, um, if they do, uh, rather than the federal government. I just don't know what the, because I mean, I guess you could theoretically have a situation, because I think we're looking at people who are upstanding citizens, and we're thinking about it, well, they're going to homeschool their kids, and we should trust them. Mm-hmm. There's that situation, of course, where you could be a neglectful parent and, and just never let your, you know, yeah, you're staying mm-hmm. home, go get me a beer. And that, you know, that could be a situation where. And you say you that know, like that's a problem, Stu. I mean, oh, I did say looking in your direction. I'll say that they're your kids. If I want them to get me a beer, they can get me a beer. Damn it! (laughs) I don't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, he's a good guy. But I mean, I'm just telling you. I'm just saying you're right. It wouldn't, but it's not our place, right? I mean, seriously. Mm -hmm. So what if if I if so what if I want to leave my kids home? Mm -hmm. Well, there is probably a neglect. Rule yeah, there, and I that mean, you're not if you allowing don't educate them. them at all. That's a huge disservice to them. Right, and I, I would assume it's probably illegal in in most states to just not. I would think so. Do anything. Not do anything. Yeah. Now yeah. you could say you're doing you're homeschooling, and 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 once you say you're homeschooling, there's probably a bunch of states that don't check in and don't yes, micromanage what you do. Yeah, but uh, they probably at least need you to say it. Right. I mean, yeah. You at least have to claim your yeah. homeschooling. I like, what so. if you took a stance just like, I think I'm morally against education. <laughs> I'm not going to allow it to happen. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Now it sounds That'd be interesting. It, it sounds if ridiculous. It was a religious us. thing. Yeah, you might have yeah. a way. You might yeah. have a way. I mean, they do that with with medical treatment, and yes. it happens. Yeah. Um, and I will say, it sounds ridiculous to us, but. Mm. Look, at, look at that thing. Give me a beer. Look at that. And right. shut up. Yeah, mm-hmm. look at that. Mm-hmm. All right. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. You guys are being too Pat mean to Jeffy. Oh, are we? Are uh, we? Really? Uh, Mr. Uh, get guy. me a beer and shut up guy. Yeah, are we being to too that. mean to him? Are we? Huh. Are we? <laughs> stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Oh, come on. <laughs> really? What do you mean? I'm oh, sorry. I, th- I thought we were mics were off. Go ahead. Oh. Okay, a new study uh, of European anti-fascist protesters. Okay. All right? They, uh, they did a quick study. They wanted to find out who the people were. Sure. Uh, you know, there are some are, uh, some are suspected of violent crimes, left-leaning demonstrations. Uh, we found that 92% of those out protesting, the anti-fascist protesters, uh, are still living with mom. They're still, still living, living with... with mom and dad. <laughs> wow. Still living with 92%? Still share their home with their parents. Did you say 92? So special. I did. Wow. I did. Yeah, it was ninety-two yeah, percent. Wow, that's a that's a high number. Yeah, it's a high is. number. It's a high number. That is. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll kick your kids out. Hmm. Let them actually try to, you know, get a job and find a way to feed themselves. They might. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they might mm-hmm. not have time to protest. But you know, I mean, eighty-four percent are male. Seventy-two percent are eighteen to twenty-nine. Ninety percent are single. Thirty-four <laughs> percent unemployed. I mean, that's a... That's a high rate. That's sure, that's a high rate. Mm-hmm. That is a definite high rate. I mean, mm-hmm. without jobs, people mm-hmm. are going to protest. We talked a little bit about that yesterday as well. I mean, some with the um, addition of robots doing work that humans normally do, and then humans are going to be without work, mm-hmm. I mean, something's got to be done with the humans, right? Do we pile them in a 
you know, send them off into a boat and well, hope they live? I mean, we've got to do something. Yeah, I don't think it's that. <laughs> I don't think it's send them off into sure? a boat and hope they live. I mean, we've got to do something. <laughs> I was going to go with uh, the documentary uh, The Matrix, uh, which came up with a really good way of handling this problem, which is you're able to you, you farm uh, and harvest these people for their energy. There you and, go. and in their minds, everything's perfect in their lives. Take the blue pill. Um, yeah. Eventually, that did go away, uh, and it was no longer perfect. But right. Um, and that's not, that's you know. Look, I don't know. There are days where I'm like, eh, which pill do I need to take to just make it all go away? Yeah, there are certainly are days like that. that. Mm-hmm. Like, like every, every day. day. <laughs> anyway, today. And speaking of days, today. In terms of days. February ninth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Today's February ninth. Uh, you know, it's, it's some special day for some humans around the globe. Yes. Most importantly, right. uh, Ainsley Bergier. Uh, whatever, happy birthday. And then but me too. It's also, sure, whatever. <laughs> uh, it's National Pizza Day. My birthday is on National what? Pizza Day. National what? Pizza Day. Where's the pizza? Why do we not have pizza well, in this building? First of all, it's my birthday. Shouldn't we have like yes, a, a yes, pizza feast with, yes. with dessert feast? Yes. yes. And then second yes. of all, sure. uh, it's Pizza Day, which is just yes. yes. Okay. I think I've got you on these. And you're what, 41 today? Which <laughs> 41. Requires, I think that's the, that's the 41 is the pizza anniversary. Yes. It okay. It's yes, your pizza it anniversary. Yes. yes. So if, if you and uh, Lisa had been married 41 years, it would be your pizza anniversary okay. today. Yes. Most of my anniversaries have involved pizza, which is uh, probably why I won't have too many more of them. It said here, uh, Americans consume 23 pounds of pizza per person each year. I got to be clear of that. Easy. Oh, I, I think I'm clear that. over that. I think I clear that. I like pizza okay. a lot. Uh, that's the, like, I always right, think, like, if you had Desert Island, you're only going to get one All food right. delivered. You can only have one food okay. that's going to come in and you eat the r- same food the, for the rest of I your don't life. I though. That's a tough one. Yeah, I don't There's think it'd be no food. Right. I don't think so There's either, no man. food that clears that, that because you, you, you'd eventually get sick of everything. Yeah. But to me, if I had to pick one, I think it might be pizza. Because you could really? just eat the bread one day. You could just eat the cheese. I variable, mean, you could break it up. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. And, and it's also good hot, good cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I like I can deal with plain cheese. If I had to pick one, I can deal with plain cheese. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, you know, other things I feel like... Like, pizza to me is a whole food group. Okay, sure. You know, no problem. Yeah. Like, a lot of other meals are, like, it's just the meal. This Would is you like, go back to eat meat, though? Because, I mean, you know, pepperoni is the most popular pizza. Yeah, well, no, I don't know. It's for you. No, thank you. No, no, no. I like cheese. I got cheese. I like peppers and onions. I'm a big peppers and onions guy. Welcome to it. 888 back is the phone number. Uh, so uh, the immigration ban is still in the news quite a bit. Uh, I guess, you know, a lot of it has to do with It's the- a travel ban, Stu. Thank you. It's a travel ban. Thank it's you. not Isn't an it? immigration ban. Uh, it's a ban on <coughs> travel, certain travel from certain places. <laughs> immigration. I see what you're trying to do. Yeah, well, first of all, they also there. say it's not a ban now. Yeah, so right. They, That's, it's not that even is true. it's not even a travel ban. Yeah. And you know, some of it is a as they like to say a pause, right? Uh-huh. I think it's 3 months for is I I might get this backwards. 3 months for refugees, 4 months for the the seven uh, the seven countries. 
mm -hmm. uh, involved in the ban. And there's a third part that no one's really talking about, which is Syria, which is indefinite. It's not, there's no time limit on that one. It's just, no. Now look, they're in the middle of a civil war. There's a lot going on there. But I mean, of course, when do you, you know, when are refugees refugees, right? Like they're refugees in the middle of a civil war. It's one of the reasons why Glenn has done so much work with the Nazarene Fund, uh, from, you know, taking people from Iraq and Syria and getting them to other countries uh, where they can uh, safely be imported. Um, because in reality, like a lot of these people are just going to die if they stay there. Um, so it's a really, uh, it's something that I think charitable organizations have been working hard on. And, you know, that's uh, Franklin Graham's organization um, uh, did a lot, has done a lot of work with that. And, and he, as a supporter of Trump's, has even come out and said, look, I don't think government should be doing this, but we need to be doing it. You know, charitable organizations need to be doing these things. But governments are the ones that make the decisions of whether you can bring the people into the country. Right. I mean, that's mm -hmm. uh, that's the, the, the plain truth of it. And, and, you know, a lot of this gets kind of talked about in, in, in sort of broad strokes, which is understandable. It's a it's national and, and in this case, you know, somewhat global policy um, that we're making here in the United States. But, you know, there's individuals here that are affected. And, and, and it's, it's interesting to kind of look at some of those stories and test your boundaries. Um, you know, what what do you think about this story when it is? You know, maybe because you know, we all think, uh, OK, well, there's a guy in Ohio State that stabbed a bunch of people that was a refugee, uh, you know, but there's also a lot of really good stories that come out of this. I, I found an interesting one on The Blaze. And, um, Trey Goins Phillips uh, is, is actually joining us. He's the guy who wrote the story and talking about uh, a Syrian refugee who's here, the daughter of a Syrian refugee, if I understand it right, Trey. That's correct. Yeah. Can, can, can you bring us through the story? It's, it's actually pretty amazing. So uh, several several years ago, uh, obviously uh, before Audrey Assad, she's now a Christian artist. Uh, but before she was born, uh, her father came to the United States uh, as fleeing Syria and uh, fleeing oppression uh, there as a Christian man. Uh, and he he came here and became a successful businessman. He actually works in insurance now. Um, and at age nineteen, Audrey decided that she wanted to go into music. Uh, and she was failing, you know, just kind of that suffering artist yeah. mentality that, that every, every, you know, everybody fails before they get anywhere. Just like uh, me, I'm, I'm a suffering artist myself. Too. Hey, right. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I, I can see that just, just by looking at you. Not a starving artist. Uh, that's very clear. Just well, a suffering right. artist. <laughs> uh, so, and she said, she actually detailed this in a, in a video that she posted shortly after Trump signed his executive order, um, saying it's because of her father and his mentality uh, and, and his ability to, to see opposition uh, and to thrive and rise above it. Uh, and she says because of her father uh, that she's become a successful uh, Christian artist here in the United States. And that's just one of the many stories, uh, like you said, of, of Syrian refugees who are not terrorists, who have not hurt Americans, but have actually benefited American society. It's tough because how does when you talk to her, you have a, a lengthy interview with her. It's up on the blaze. You can check it out. Um, it, what what's her feeling on the idea? Because she's critical of the of the travel ban. Um, she right. does. She doesn't like the policy, obviously. But I mean, here we are with Syria in a situation in civil war. There's no real functioning government in large swaths of, of the country. You know, how how would you even be able to do a vetting that would be to the levels uh, that you would need to bring people to the country from a, a civil war situation. Well, she didn't. She didn't talk a lot about uh, the details um, of exactly what kind of process she thinks does need to be in place. But she did mention that she's 
been heartened by a lot of the Christian uh, charities and other uh, NGOs that are doing the work uh, in the Middle East. And I wrote an article about two weeks ago about World Relief, and that was uh, I spoke with the president of World Relief, an evangelical organization uh, that's actually been working with Syrian refugees and other refugees in the Middle East and other countries around the world for 40 years. Uh, and they're mm -hmm. one of the few Christian organizations who are approved uh, to work with vetting these refugees. Uh, so I would imagine that she'd like to see uh, some sort of combination of the State Department, Homeland Security, uh, NGOs, Christian and otherwise, coming together to vet these these people because, like you said, there is not a functioning government. Uh, so there is a need to partner with people who are on the ground and know these people uh, because there's no database really to check people by. Um, so Christian organizations like World Relief and others, I think, is the best way uh, to move forward uh, in vetting these people correctly uh, and well, ensuring our safety. And I think that's something that she that she supports. It's interesting because, uh, you know, you look at it's really not a partisan issue. With the exception of one year of the Obama administration, we were essentially importing zero refugees from uh, Syria anyway. I think it was like something like 20 or 30 per year, not 30,000, but 20 or 30. So effectively, there were no refugees coming from Syria for most of the Obama administration as well. Um, and that's understandable. It's, it's, a, it's a civil war area. But, you know, you've, you've talked to a lot of these groups. You've, you've seen these examples. You know, it really does energize a country if you can properly vet and get people like this into your country because they're so excited about the freedom. They're so excited about the ability to practice their own religion in peace that they really do add a lot to the fabric of, of your country. Yeah, and I would note, uh, and I put this in the in the article with uh, about Audrey's story, and also uh, talked about this this with the president of World Relief is that the majority of of people who have come to the United States, um, in fact, all of them since 1980 when uh, the Refugee Act was first signed, um, none of them have committed fatal acts of terror uh, in the United States. Um, Though they have been violent, and there have been there have been. Sure horrible, horrible atrocities, and I'm not discounting those, um, the majority of refugees have not uh, gone on to become terrorists. Immigrants and people who are on visas, on green cards, that's a different story. But the refugees have, by and large, um, been functioning members of society. I don't know if you, if, if you feel the same way, and, you know, correct me if, you're, if you don't, but I just don't want to live in a country that won't let Aubrey Assad in, but will let Jeffy in. Uh, that's not a country that I well, think... Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not right, you know? It's not it's the right point. You know, <laughs> it's a good point. this is my first time being on the show, so mm. I don't want to get on Jeffy's bad side. Mm. No, um, you're well, right. If you want there but to be I a know second that time. It's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's the, really, I think, the way in, uh, because I've noticed it goes all the way up to Glenn. It's just, uh -huh. I think mocking Jeffy is a sign of love. <laughs> really. It, it really is. is a fundamental so tenet of this company. Yeah. It really is. Next, is it? Yeah. Isn't it? It is. It is. Isn't it? Trey, yeah. she's uh, Audrey is now what thirty three, is she is, is that right? Correct. And and is there? I mean, is she well known now in the Christian music society? Um, she's actually uh, she's Catholic, uh, but she's made a lot of inroads with evangelical communities uh, with her music. She's worked with Bill Maher, who's another Christian artist who is also a Catholic. Uh, that's made a lot of inroads with evangelicals. Um, like mm -hmm. I noted in the in my article, uh, she's taken a lot of old hymns and kind of breathed new life into them and made them sound uh, like modern uh, modern songs. And she's also written her own uh, songs that have kind of 
done the reverse. They sound like they've been around for 40, 50, 60, 100 years. Hmm. Um, so she's really broken through. It's kind of a, a lot of her music is organic, piano driven. Uh, and so she's broken through as a, as a popular Christian artist, I would say probably in the last five, six or seven years. That's great. Very cool. Uh, Trey Goins Phillips, the, the article is up on the blaze right now. It's a really interesting read. It's not it's something different than yeah. you're seeing in a, in a lot of sources right now. Uh, and uh, Trey, thanks for coming on the program. And just, just a quick note that if the price to get in next time is making fun of Jeffy. <laughs> so you just have to think of that for the next time you come over. Well, I'll just, be prepared. I'll just tell you now that I love Jeffy and I mean all oh, of wow. Jeffy. Oh, you know, okay, all of Jeffy. There's, okay, I think that, that qualifies. All right. you know, that, that qualifies perfectly. <laughs> thanks, Trey. Uh, thanks, Trey. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you so much. For <laughs> all right. That's you know, it's, it is Whatever. one of those things that gets lost in the middle of this because there is a lot. There are a lot of problems with illegal immigration. There are a lot of problems with with screening mm -hmm. refugees. That's all really legitimate. It's not something that you need to downplay. However. You know, the, the dumb thing that Democrats always say, oh, we're a country of immigrants. They mean it as a lie. They want to throw, it, throw you off the scent. The truth, though, is it's, it, it, the immigrants actually do add a lot to our society. I always think of it as like, you know, um, we're kind of like the country is built sort of like an all-star team in that all the other countries had the people there and they lived there and they did what they did. We took all the people who were ballsy enough to get on boats and come across a giant ocean where they weren't sure if they're going to fall off the edge of the planet or not. And they had balls like that. They came over here and they wanted to do something different. They were so energetic and different than the rest of the world because we put together a real cool mix of people coming from all over the place in situations where they put themselves in danger to get here. So when they got here, they really wanted to make sure it freaking well, worked. An awful lot of people who tried to come here fell off the edge of the globe and were <laughs> eaten by sea monsters. So well, they sacrificed a lot to get here. I mean, they we always sacrificed say, a lot. We've said this many times, Pat. You that know? The, the society that could be set up at the bottom of the sea belly, the belly of the sea serpents right. that eat, ate those immigrants uh, would be amazing. <laughs> we lost would. so many good ones there. Right? Yeah, it would. We talked about that many I, times. I will say this. It's, this is a hard one because yeah. we all want safety. We all want security. We... We don't want to take a chance, frankly, right now. Yep. And, and there's, and you're taking a huge chance by allowing refugees from Syria because we know for a fact that ISIS is sending people to these countries. And, and it's our lowest we percentage for, play. Yes. Of, of all refugees, it's our lowest percentage play. Yes. And I think that's why it's been targeted by the Trump administration. Right. If you're going to pick one country to and do it indefinitely, understand it's it. going to be Syria. You and understand not only that. can you understand it, you might even agree with it. However, And I, then you hear a story like this, yeah. and it's like, well, okay, yeah, I know, but... I know. Uh, you're gonna, I know, you but... Are, a policy like this, and, and one of the things that I think is understated in the executive order is the idea that they, there can be exceptions. Now, I don't know off the top of my head if, there's, if that exists with... Syria or not. However, it does exist with the seven countries, the mm -hmm. other six countries in that group, in which if there's someone specific, we've talked about it for athletes and other things, where you can actually make an exception. They can go in there and say, okay, this is a special circumstance. And, you know, hopefully someone who's properly vetted fits into that, you know. There, um, there have been times, though, that I have said stop all immigration from Iraq, Afghanistan, sure. Syria, Yemen, Saudi Arabia. I if, if, if they're coming from the Middle East, they're not coming. Period. It's, you know? There are moments where you can understand uh, there, that. You know? I, I, I understand I, it, yeah. and I've agreed with it. Sure. I just, I don't, uh, frankly, right now, I don't even know where I stand on this. I, I'm torn. It's tough. because torn. You know, and one, you know, 
I think uh, at least we have a little bit of the benefit here of having uh, the uh, the power of television and more specifically the voice of Glenn Beck mm-hmm. to, to make this situation a lot easier for us personally in that, and this I think goes for the audience as well, the work the Nazarene Fund has done sort of solves this question right. policy-wise for us. Yeah. And, and maybe uh, work with other countries yeah. that will accept them and do our best to help vet it so they don't get burned right. by this process. Right. And so, you know, there is a middle ground there. You don't necessarily have to have a national policy. However, of course, you get to a point where if everybody bans them, there's nowhere where they can go. Um, so you have to have a real vetting process. It's very mm-hmm. difficult. But, I mean, again, it's diff- the reason it's difficult is because these people are being tortured the reason it's difficult mm-hmm. is because these people are getting murdered every day. And the longer that you wait to, to help them out of there, the more of them are going to be dead. Yeah. You know, these stories don't exist a generation later if you've left somebody there to die. So it is incredibly difficult. I don't, you know, it's, you can't really demean either side of this. Um, as far as, you know, the, the Christian churches, there's a lot of them are saying, please let us bring these people in, please. And there's the other side of it where people are saying, look, we've we got to protect our, our society. I think you've got to try to find a way to do both. It's really hard, which is why I think it's an interesting story to talk about. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit it challenging is. there, and, 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 and it was uh, really interesting. You can read it up on theblaze.com right now. Yep. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Patents do. You know, your current phone carrier, oh, no. probably using your money to undermine your beliefs. They better not be. You might not even know about it. Mm-hmm. They spend tens of millions of dollars to remove conservatives from office and support uh, really progressive causes like abortion. Yeah. Uh, luckily, you got Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile will help you solve that problem um, because they actually will give you all the service that you come to expect from your phone company. And you're saying, like, well, I'm not going to, I would like to support maybe some conservative causes with my money instead of liberal ones. Uh, But I'm not going to give up the nationwide talk and text. I'm not going to give up the high speed 4G LTE data. I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to pay, you know, triple the price to do it. Uh, You know, I want to help, but I don't want to screw myself. (laughs) Right. Okay. Uh, That's what my Patriot, that's what Patriot Mobile actually does. Uh, It's a win-win. Yeah, 5% of your monthly bill. Uh, can go to a conservative organization of your choice, and you'll get all the stuff that you need with your phone company. Plus, when you switch today, Patriot Mobile will buy out your current contract up to $500 per line. Then they throw in the free iPhone uh, 5S or the Galaxy S5, which maybe really one did. of the companies yeah. could have come could up change. with something yeah. a little more clever. Yeah. I mean, really, there's a lot of there's a lot of letters. There's and 26 of them. Uh, they, they $50 unlimited talk, text. And data plan. I That's love that. Awesome. I, I mean, love that. For, forget all the conservative stuff here for a second. Fifty bucks for all you can do: talks, text, the data. I mean, that's that's an amazing deal. I always get this little uh, this little th- reminder on uh, well before I switched to on my phone that says, "Ah, oh, your data is about to run out. <laughs> now we're going to switch you to two G, you bastard." Yeah, they actually say you bastard. <laughs> As, actually uh, says you bastard. Patriot Mobile will never never call you, you a bastard. That. That's no. actually. One of their main things. Or slow you down to 2G. I no, hate that. No, That's no. not cool. No, they're not going to do that. not cool. Uh, they're going to they're gonna waive your $35 activation fee as well. Uh, and with the promo code Pat and Stew. It's Pat and Stew. Remember that code. Go to patriotmobile.com slash blaze. Patriotmobile.com slash blaze. Or call them 1-800-A-PATRIOT. It's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Hi! <laughs> Look at oh you. my gosh, have you seen these people before? Yeah. They're so great. They're yeah, so great. They were here I'm a big fan. I yeah, they're them. here a lot. I I've noticed them. it. Almost every day they're here. I love them. Triple Eight, Seven Two Seven Beck. You know, Glenn uh, is doing uh, Black History Month, and it's different than most <laughs> channels. Than, yeah. Than, let's say BET. 
I've we'll, noticed we'll the, I've noticed the difference. Yeah, a little bit different. Um, it seems to be he seems to be focusing on different things from from Black History. Interesting. Uh, things that might inspire the the uh, the African American population to revere the Constitution in new ways. Mm -hmm. uh, things that might say, hey, wow, these founders weren't all just slave owners; they actually had an incredible part, an incredible piece of the founder founding of this country. That white devil. Why would he do that? <laughs> I don't, well, I don't why know. Why would uh, that white devil do that? I'm not disagreeing with your term white devil. I just don't know why he would do it. Uh. <laughs> but maybe you'll be able to figure it out after you see this. Uh, I think you're going to like it. Eighteen sixty four, eighteen sixty five, the latter part of the Civil War. We're going to go back to a little bit to the first part of the Civil War and start showing some black heroes because we said in the last program what was happening at the time, the 24 civil rights laws okay. that were passed um, by Abraham Lincoln, Republicans in Congress, etc. I want to go back to something that happened in May of 1862. It happened in the Confederacy. It happened in the South. It happened with a number of blacks in the South that were on board this ship. This is a, this is a Confederate ship. It's called the Planter. And the general on that ship is General Ripley. He is a Confederate general on that ship. Now, he's the, the head of those forces. He's got a number of these, and his crew is black. This is the crew off the planter. This now, is a Confederate ship. Confederate ship. They're not volunteers, Oh, I'm they're guessing. not volunteers. No, yes. no, no. We're, we're talking black slaves here. Okay. And so you have Robert Smalls and the crew here. And, and Robert Smalls is the key to this story. So Gilmore goes uh, ashore, and while he's ashore in a meeting, they have worked out a plan to escape. And so he's ashore in the meeting, and they take over the ship, and they sail the ship back out of the harbor. Now, they have to go by six Confederate posts to get out into the ocean to be free. And so as they do, they're kind of obviously black, and there's not a black captain on any ship no. in the Confederacy. So Robert Smalls, a strong Christian guy, prayed a lot, and it just really, it's a good story. And so Robert Smalls puts on General Gilmore's uniform cap hat, and as he goes by the forts, he turns his back to him, got his hair, and he's talking over his shoulder to him. He actually goes under the guns of Fort Sumter. Holy going out. Cow. Yeah, exactly. And they had to blow whistle codes, and he had to know the codes, and he had to give the codes to the, the different forces they were passing. So he impersonates the general, and his crew is just scared to death. But it's better to die trying to be free than to live in slavery. And so they're on their way out, and they, they finally get out in the open sea. Well, Union's out there blockading the harbor. <laughs> so now they have to make sure they know that they are black. Oh, now, now the problem is... The Union cranks their guns up, they're lining them up, and Robert Smalls gets the surrender flag up in time because they're just about to, to fire off on him. And he, he gets the surrender flag up. They, they get to, the, uh, to the, the, the Union guys, and he says, I have a present for Uncle Abe, and it's a ship. I, I want to give wow. the ship to Uncle Abe. So he got to go meet the president, got taken to, to Washington, D.C., and et cetera. And there is this, now this is Robert Smalls later in life. We'll talk about him a little later in life, but 
right here. This is a newspaper from October of 1862. Talking and about this event? Talking about this event because it has a special honor and, and they're giving the special honor, um, the city intelligence, they're giving the special honor to Robert Smalls. They're giving him a gold medal. And all the blacks in, in the city have gotten together to honor him. And they're holding this at the church of a guy named Henry Highland Garnett. This is a newspaper from where? This uh, is from Nassau? I think it's a New York newspaper, isn't okay. it? Okay. Um, and this is not a, an American, I mean, this is not a, a white organization giving him the medal. Oh, no. This, the blacks have this, gotten together. This, these are blacks in the North who know that the Civil War is being fought for the freedom of all blacks elsewhere, okay. everywhere. And, and so what happens is it's being held in the church of this man right here. And this is Henry Highland Garnett. Now, we'll talk about him a little more later. Presbyterian. Presbyterian, that's right. Mm -hmm. And so Henry Highland Garnett's got it, and they give him a gold medal. He comes up and tells a story, and it's thunderous ovations, and people just, just thrilled with what happens. So now they take the, the ship, the planter, and they make it into a Union vessel. So as a Union vessel, Robert Smalls goes back on as the, as the pilot on this Union vessel. Well, he's got a Union officer there. They go into battle, and in the battle, the Confederacy opens up on this ship. Oh, I big bet time. they do. They open up on the ship. Yeah. And the white captain is scared to death and says, run up the flag of surrender. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Smalls says, oh, no. No, no, no. It is a standing order in the Confederacy that any black that is taken captive will be killed on the spot. Blacks are not allowed to surrender. They will be killed on the spot. I am not surrendering. And so Robert Smalls took control of the ship and in taking control of the ship, won the battle. Well, wow. he gets back to shore. Union General says, you're now the captain of the ship. You, you run it. it. It's yours. And so he ran that ship through the rest of the war. Now, what happens is after the war, he becomes a congressman. So Robert mm. Smalls is a U.S. congressman. What state? South Carolina. And Robert Smalls is also a major general in the Army, in the South Carolina militia, National Guard, whatever you want to call it. And we're told oh, there wasn't a, a black general until the 1950s and 1960s. Because Woodrow Wilson resegregated. Mm -hmm. And he wiped out black history. Yes. That, that book he did in 1902, The History of the American Erasing, People. He ra erasing heroes history. like that. Yes. And, and so Robert Smalls, great That's a great movie? People. That is a great That is a book. killer that's movie. killer. I mean, the, the, just killer. the suspense that goes with yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is so good. Killer. So that's 1862. But you have this stuff going in, in the Civil War. The, the movie Glory, you know, is mm -hmm. part of that. We've already shown a lot of the artifacts out of the Massachusetts mm -hmm. 54th. So now you're getting to the end of the Civil War. We looked in the last program about the re-election of Lincoln, and after that point in time, they come to the, to the 13th Amendment to abolish slavery. So Congress passes that. Uh, the platform, this is the platform, the first platform to call for the abolition of slavery. So Republicans say we will abolish slavery. It gets passed. And they pass this in February of 1865. And at that point in February of 1865, the members the Republican members of the House of Representatives said, we need to commemorate this. And what did they do? They said, we need to have a church service in the House of Representatives. So the Sunday following the vote, they asked Henry Highland Garnett, this guy, the to church come church that preach, gave him the medal. Church that gave the medal, 
He is now pastoring 15th Street Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C. Mm. And by the way, he was born a slave, escaped to freedom, good pastor, actually lost a leg in an athletic accident. So he actually is, is one-legged on crutches, etc. Now, this is the address. He, he becomes the first black man ever to speak in the Congress. Congress invited, Republicans invited him to be there. They were in attendance. He's the first black man to officially speak in Congress. I have seen this book in the vault for I don't know how long, and I had no idea what it was. That's him. It's a memorial discourse by Reverend Henry Harlan Garnett, delivered in the Hall of the House of Representatives, Washington, D.C., on Sabbath, February 12, <laughs> 1865. So this, is, this is two things. This is not only an up, upheaval of what we think uh, of... Um, Congress and, uh, uh, and, and Republicans and everything else, and also blacks, but it's also an upheaval of the separation of church and state. Oh, yeah. They have a church service in Congress. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Don't let anybody else know. Oh, I know that. <laughs> uh, church service in Congress got started December the 4th of 1800, with Thomas Jefferson facilitating yeah. church in the Capitol. And he wrote a beautiful letter about how great it is to have that building used by so many different faiths. And he had eight years where he attended church at the Capitol. So now here we are, 65 years later, we're still having church inside the U.S. Capitol every Sunday. And there were actually four churches that met inside the Capitol on Sunday, so they used a lot of yeah. rooms. So this is the first black man to address Congress in history. Who's ever heard of Henry Holland Garnett? We have nothing about him today. This is a huge moment. First event. man to ever speak in front of Congress mm -hmm. that was black? Mm -hmm. Wow. And it was a sermon. And by the way, it's a two-hour sermon that he gave. And he brought his church choir with him. And the choir was there rocking and rolling up front. I mean, it was a great I'd service. Love to see that. And, and, yeah, it would have been. It would have been really fun. And his What's and, the point of that sermon? You know, he's so politically incorrect. He says. If Jefferson were here, he would be rejoicing with us today that the end of slavery. Jefferson, he's, he's the racist guy, right? You know, this is how little blacks knew the history of Jefferson better than we know it today. You know, just little, that's why we did the book, The Jefferson Lies. I mean, it was about all the lies we've been told. What do you do with history like this? What do you, what do, you do with Frederick Douglass praising Thomas it, Jefferson? David. Uh, yeah, exactly. You erase it. But as long as these, this is why... David and I are working on the vault and expanding the vault. In the next 12 months, we're um, beginning to really work on Independence USA um, and work on the, the library to be able to preserve all of these documents and then teach these documents and, and teach them to people who are, quite honestly, hostile because they have not been taught it. But there you don't have reaction. to take our word for it. That's right. You, you just... As David just said, what do you do with this then? Mm -hmm. You have to deny that this is in existence. You have to deny this story to be able to, to, to continue the progressive tale from the early 1900s that this didn't happen, that these people didn't exist. And it did. Pat and Stu, Triple Eight, Seven Two Seven Beck. Welcome back. It's uh, me, Stu, with a uh, white supremacist Pat right here. Uh, hello. Wait, what? Uh, 
No. Well, you know, I, I, I see what you did with this, what I do. this video. You have some big problem with uh, a black person speaking their mind. No, I don't. You have a big problem with uh, a show that, you know, informs mm -hmm. white people what they need to know about how to act in society because they're all freaking, you know, awful. Um, and so yeah. you bring up this, you brought, you sent this video, you said, hey, mm. we should do this Netflix Dear White People thing. Maybe the white people should learn some stuff, you know? Hey, Thank you. See, Jeffy's on my side, hey, which shows man. I'm on the wrong side. <laughs> Here is the uh, new, a bizarre series apparently coming from Netflix called Dear White People. Dear White People, here's a list of acceptable Halloween costumes. Pirate, slutty nurse, any of our first 43 presidents. Top of the list of unacceptable costumes, me. Wow. Uh, you're going to wow. be stunned to hear. Uh, it makes me not... want to say F you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll dress like Obama. All every Halloween from now on. Right. Just, just, uh, just, I will say there's not a large uh, percentage of people, uh, white people, who are wearing brown face or no, black face. No, no, there's point. really not. Um, you know, the 1880s. You might have seen that as real, really a problem. Um, not a real problem right now. Um, and so you don't. For, you also don't get to tell me what Halloween costumes I wear. Right. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't care what your opinion is on it. I'm gonna wear the ones I want to wear. Now that I will say. That does, that does not, I'm never going to walk. Plus, I don't think you want to see us in a slutty pirate outfit. I really or don't. Or slutty nurse. Slutty nurse. The pirates Either are not one. slutty, apparently. I but think it, that it was slutty pirate, wasn't it? I think she says and slutty nurse? nurse. She says pirate okay. and slutty nurse. Okay. Um, but I don't really care what you, what you think about my Halloween costume. Don't care. It's, it's not really part of my, uh, my, my experience here mm. in, in, in America does not include your opinion on my Halloween costume. So I don't care. Nah, I don't either. Yeah, it doesn't uh, hit that quotient for some reason. Um, I, I thought this was pretty interesting, too. Uh, Alex Jones. Now, this guy, here's a guy who has done everything he can uh, to try to warn us about right? everything from Sandy Hook being fake yeah. uh, to 9-11 being an inside job right? Um, to almost every mass shooting has been fake. Don't forget the Gulf of Tonkin. It's all, it, well, it all goes all back started, to the Gulf of Tonkin. All started the Gulf of Tonkin. Well, it didn't start there, but, I mean, that really kicked it into high gear. Yeah. Um, Gulf of Tonkin, man. Apparently people uh, went the through it. The Gulf and, of Tonkin. No, I got it. I, okay. I got it. The Gulf of Tonkin. All right. um, somebody went through and, and found some of his words and found that it, it actually fits an interesting song. Oh. Here it is. Okay. Of a mystery or rewrite history. Chemtrails. <laughs> Resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. Chemtrails. <laughs> Nabob. <laughs> yep, that's it. Chemtrails. They got stuff that'll turn the freaking frogs gay. Then again, you say, uh, freaking God's gay. Gay bomb. It's a gay bomb, baby. Chemtrails. That's it. <laughs> is chemtrails still a thing? I think it is a thing. Yeah. Um, is that still a thing? Chemtrails. Well, still obviously a with him. Thing? Are they still poisoning us from the air? Yes. Have you just been complaining the last three or four days that everyone in this building and town and county and state has been sick? Well, is that chemtrails? Yes. Is it chemtrails? But chemtrails have been going on for much longer than this past Thank week. Thank you. And they're finally catching up. They're building <laughs> enough poison up. A little known fact about Jeffy, because a lot of people know, hey, Jeffy, <laughs> that, that, big, that, that big guy. Yeah. You know, and they the might say, on the oh, set. you know the guy who says spoons and 18 all the time? <laughs> uh -huh. That guy? 
Uh, also, uh, not just a tad, not a dash of conspiracy theorist, but a big old, oops, the lid fell off as I was pouring <laughs> some into the, uh, into the, uh, uh well, whatever. The Jeffy is, I will say want. that Jeffy left to his own devices, uh, <laughs> is Alex Jones. <laughs> if yeah. he didn't work here. Yes, you're right. Now, you he would be a better broadcaster. So right. He would be a better broadcaster than Alex Jones. There's no doubt about that. But he would, he would, he would be going, he would go down on many of these same oh, roads. I would love to. Would oh, you? Oh, okay, you on. listened to a lot of Art Bell over I the did. years. I did. I, yeah. Given, given uh, chemtrails, would you be, would you be into chemtrails? Uh, Am I into them? No, I'm not into them. I want them to cease. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, do you, you buy into the conspiracy of chemtrails? That they're killing us or whatever the deal is. Um, he can't yes. <laughs> and like he's playing it up, but there's a part of him. There is a legitimate part of it. Same him. with the Clintons, right? The Clinton oh, yeah. 104 dead or right. whatever. There's a part of him that you know. He's, he might he might say it's only been 70. You know, there's about 30 on that list. Yeah, I mean, everybody tries to tack on. You know, somebody dies and they try to tack it on to Clinton. Right. I mean, right. Come on. You believe all these things? If, if like if we just put you. In a room uh, for the rest of your life with just the internet, by the end of it, you walk out Alex Jones. Absolutely no <laughs> doubt about it. Absolutely no yes, doubt about looking it. looking like him, sounding like him. Well, you already look like him. He already does, so he's already most of the way there. You'd have to, I don't know, like have some real throat surgery to ruin your voice enough to sound like him. And then uh, the brain is, the brain would go there. Like, you know, the path would be, you'd get to Alex Jones. You know what, I've seen your hernia. Yeah. You would be doing Charlie Sheen's hernia monologues mm -hmm. very soon. I mean, I mean, right? Right? Right. right. <laughs> I thought so. All right, Triple H727 Beck is the number. I mean, Back you with do more. think there's a chance, though, that we haven't been to the moon, don't you? I mean, a chance, at least. Do I think it's possible that we were hoodwinked? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And when, I, when you say possible, that could indicate 1%, or it could indicate 75%. Give chance. us a percentage, What's John. The percentage? I, I, I can't give you a hard number. Why give not? us, give us a soft number. Right now, off the top of my head, we'll say 50 50. <laughs> oh, I'm impressed he knows a number as high as 50. <laughs> I almost said it. That's I pretty good. 18. <laughs> uh, 18. <laughs> All right, triple eight, seven, two, seven back. More patents to us coming up. You might think 18 is not that high, but it's actually the highest number he knows. Yeah, so. it's pretty high for him. It's really high for Jeff. It's basically 100%. <laughs> Look at that. It's some little pumpkin's birthday oh, today. Yes. Guys, I'm on a diet. I it's can't. your oh, birthday. It's, okay. it's Stu's birthday today. He turns uh, not 40, but 41. 41. Right? Yes. Uh, wow. And I, 41 that today. appears to be the God-sent uh, flavor of red velvet. That is and what it, it appears to be. I was is, told that it and is. And I believe it is. Oh, oh, and it even says it on top. Look at that. Isn't that cute? That's nice. Did this come from oh. uh, Kroger? They have good cakes, right? Is it edible? Is that edible? Oh. Can I eat the sign? Oh, yeah, you can? Yes. But it might be plastic. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> that would be too bad. Mm -hmm. Looks chocolate. like it's white chocolate. Oh, my gosh. So good. Okay. God, I'm fat. Don't uh, do you want to cut it since it's your birthday? Or do you want You get to get first slice. Yeah. Uh, sure. Go. I'm very excited about this. Now. So this is sort of a special surprise spoons. I love surprise where, spoons. Where you get to eat. Your birthday cake. Oh, man, look at that. 
Happy birthday to, to you. you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dears, to happy, happy birthday, birthday to me. To you. Well, thank you very much. Now it says it and is Ainsley, our And Ainsley, your daughter is uh, three. My adorable is she three? little baby Ainsley is four. 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 Oh my gosh, is she really? Yes, and it makes me feel very oh, old. That is nuts. I can't believe it. She's yeah. four years old. Thank Have you, you had her check yet? Uh, wow. <laughs> Seriously, even on my birthday, not, even on my birthday, I yeah, guess. especially on your oh, birthday. If it was up to me, I wouldn't even have given you the cake. <laughs> <laughs> Here, want a piece? Uh, sure. Um, how about this? Let's, uh, as we're stuffing our faces, let's take a break. Yeah. Or not take a break, but uh, take a moment to watch this new trailer. Of All right, a movie. This movie, I it caught my eye, and I sent it along to so we'd pull the trailer because oh, this is from you. it stars um, Matt Damon. Horrible. Um, oh, this it, is the wall. It, it or does whatever. not look good. It is, not. but I mean, it is a weird time to Doesn't release a good. movie about a wall, is it not? Um, and uh, it's about, I guess, the Great Wall. For Trump haters, yeah, it's a weird. It time. It is, especially for Matt Damon, who is one of them, right? Yeah. Um, now maybe the whole movie comes out. You know what? The wall didn't work. We all got killed by aliens, or whatever the hell's going on in this thing. It looks like a disaster. That looks bad. But here it is, uh, the Great Wall with Matt Damon. We're gonna eat some cake. Mm-hmm. We get strong. Uh, we have traveled thousands of miles in search of a weapon more powerful than we've ever known. Why are you here? We came to trade. You lie. You are thieves. There are many things you have not seen. The Great Wall. It's the only barrier keeping the world safe. Mother of God. What is it they want? To feed. trained all their lives for this war. Let me fight with you. This is where you choose to die. Good luck with that. Stay and fight. They see you as some kind of hero. I fought for greed and gods. This is the first war I've seen. Worth fighting. I'm like sorry. A disaster. The disaster. acting was awful. Awful. Why are you here? To trade. <laughs> <laughs> this what? is the first war. <laughs> I can fight. Right. I, there's something weird about the speech That pattern. I can believe in. Maybe. <laughs> maybe it's just like, <laughs> at some point they actually say, um, in terms of trade. 
I think they do. I mean, first of all, Matt. It's that language. Does Matt need the money? No. He must. I, maybe, he does. maybe he does. Maybe he does. Because this really movie bad. is a, not a role for that, him. That looks like a total cluster mess. Yes, a cluster mess. Cluster it does. mess. It looks like a cluster mess right wow. out of the mouth of Pat Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, and as I'm, I'm eating my birthday cake, in case you just joined us. It's so delicious, it, too. It is really good, man. <clears throat> oh, I wish we good. could give you some. But. We can't. They can't, unfortunately. Um, but two things, two observations about that. Number one, the only, it's the only wall that can keep the world safe. Uh, I mean, How it's so possible? weird like that they're releasing a movie praising a wall yeah. in the middle of this Trump like situation. And how's it keeping the world safe when most of the world's not protected by the world? No, I know. Just China. It's, it's just dumb. It's weird. Okay. Forget that. Though. But there's a but weird. But I'm here time. to trade. I'm here to trade. And then he they say no. I mean, this is Donald Trump's movie. They build a giant wall that saves the world, and then they kill the people who want to trade with them. This is yeah. this is <laughs> this is the Trump regime. Um, <laughs> also, weird. the other part of it is uh, here. My why it's so weird and feels so weird. I feel like this is one of those movies that they're actually targeting to China. Like, it's not actually an American movie. It's one of those movies, and I think part of the reason why it sort of feels stilted is, like, these are maybe Chinese actors, and they're not necessarily, like, you know, you got Matt Damon and then a bunch of people, uh, well, is it William William Dafoe in there? Yeah. Uh, But most of the people I didn't really recognize, maybe it's one of those, they're actually, they'll release it here, but they're going to make their money in China. Yeah. And that's 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 starting to happen for the first time. Yeah, is this made by that Chinese billionaire? I'll in bet fact, it is. In fact, I, I would, I would say what they could do to make that movie better is not release it here and just release it in China. Yeah. And let it filter over here, <laughs> you know, on-demand yeah. DVDs or something. Yeah. Because it does not look like... It What's looks it like doing it's here? here? To make money! <laughs> uh, but in, ter- in terms of currency? In terms of currency, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Here are 40 things turning 40 uh, this year. Actually, they turned 41 this year. That would be weird. That would be um, a weird segment. Because you're 41, and yes. all of these things turning 41 now, too. Oh, God. This is going to be a hard uh, list. R- both Ryan Reynolds, who's okay. a big awesome. sex symbol, man. Just like me. Right. Just, right. Yes. Just like me. Almost He eats exactly. cake on screen all the time, too. Yeah. <laughs> and Benedict Cumberbatch. That's me. I mean, that's ba- both of those things are basic. That's basically. Well, when you think of those two, you think of you. Yeah, that's, I mean, usually they say they come in threes. Listen it's to this list Ryan of Reynolds. guys: Cillian Murphy, Colin Farrell. It's going to be forty-one. Wow! Wow! Fred Savage from the Wonder Years. Wow! <laughs> that's amazing. He's doing a lot of stuff still in production. Uh, that's crazy. He's directing a lot. This kind of surprises me. You two. Oh wow! Forty years old. Wow! This year they came out in the fall of seventy-six. Forty-one. 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 Yeah, I mean, yeah, forty-one. Uh, Apple turns forty-one this year. From that garage that uh, mm. Jobs and and what's his face uh, Wozniak started it mm-hmm. in, and to, to become the biggest corporation in the world. I've had a similar level of success at that time. Uh huh. Yeah, close. It's really, really, really close. Well, not that close. Um, the <laughs> meme will be forty-one this year. Hmm. The first platinum record. Uh, which was the Eagles' uh, their greatest hits? Good album, man. That was a that was wow, a no. good album. Uh, also, Alicia Silverstone turns mm. forty-one. Reese Witherspoon, Rashida, Rashida Jones, who I'm not that familiar with, um, or familiar with at all. At all. <laughs> not that familiar. You know, in terms of uh, at all. Zero. In terms of <laughs> no familiarity whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, Weird Al's first airplay happened on Dr. Demento in 1976. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
the bicentennial quarter will be 41 this year. The re-release of the $2 bill. The, the Muppet, Muppet Show. The Blues Brothers. Mm. Oh gosh. Also, um, that bogus face on Mars <laughs> was first released in uh, 76. Um, Rocky, uh, one of your favorite movies of all time. Best picture, 1976. Seattle Seahawks turned 41. Tampa Bay oh, Buccaneers. Oh. Uh, the Weird Al one's crazy. His first piece of airplay is in 1976. He has a number one album in, what, 2015? Right. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Pretty incredible career when you think about it.